Jason David Frank, what's up? I'm I'm I, nothing much is up. I've been waiting uh, ever so patiently to get this opportunity to speak with you. Oh, thank you. Let me see if this works. Oh, there we go. There you are. <laughs> awesome. How are you? So, man? I'm great. How are you? I had this whole thing written out. It was going to grandstand, grand stage the entire situation. I wrote it out. I was nervous as all heck, and I had to. Yeah, that's the man right there, the Green Ranger from the yes. original series of the Mighty Morphin Power Ranger. Let me let me get this out. I want to get your reaction okay. here. So my guest today is a man who has no quit in him whatsoever. A creator, a poet, an actor, an MMA fighter, a martial arts master, skydiver, Guinness World Record holder, gun safety advocate, make green look good before and after Ryan Reynolds, and most importantly, a loving family man. Ladies and gentlemen, Jason David Frank. Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I almost forgot. Hey, that was uh, uh, this is from Dino Thunder too. That was a uh, wow, good introduction. Probably one of the best introduction because you, <laughs> you hit some personal things. Normally, people, you know, Green Ranger, you got a little bit of everything in there. So I appreciate it, man. Well, I was I'm honestly like very nervous to uh, talk with you today because it was when I when I first found out that you were scheduled to come to Prince George and be a part of this event, I was excited, and then. Uh, the creators of the event said, hey, how would you like to interview Jason David Frank? Sign me up for crying out loud. The man just is incredible. So I'm, I, I, like I, I get nervous and I fanboy no, it's out. Okay, man. It's okay. Listen, I appreciate you guys doing this because I was so looking forward to coming to this uh, Comic-Con, but mm. we actually got a chance to do something during the event. I've had a few people... Uh, you know, hit me up on Instagram, Cammy, and a few other places saying, hey, we're supposed to meet you this weekend. I said, oh, right, it was this weekend? So you guys are actually doing something for a good cause. And I told all my fans, not too sure how it works, but <clears throat> I'm pretty sure you guys are doing this free and then doing donations for a good cause where, you know, if people... <clears throat> Uh-oh. Yes. I can still hear you. You're still there. Am I? What? Okay. No, we're still good. We're still good. Okay. So yeah. how come I don't see you now? I don't know what happened. My video is still up, and right. I can still you, and I can still hear you. Okay, you can see me and hear me. I, I see myself now, double, but that's okay. Um, when I found out and heard that you guys were doing something, you know, live for the fans and for a good cause, and you know, mostly for donations and helping people out, I thought was uh, pretty pretty incredible. So I appreciate the opportunity and uh, coming in here and uh, saying, oh, there you are, and saying uh, saying what's up to everybody. Now, you are no stranger to uh, being a part of the community and also uh, helping out those with information, inspiration, as well as just so many different aspects of the world. I mean, you, you, you're you known as the Green Ranger. You're known as Tommy Oliver, and yeah. you're known as transitioning into the White Ranger. But yeah. I did a little bit of homework, and you are so prolific with so many different things, and it's it's incredible to see someone who just has all this power, all this go, and then just just goes headlong into it. So, where did this all come from? What was it? Were you just like bouncing off the walls as a child? Were you like <laughs> well, endless energy? Oh, I did, man. When I was a kid, I had like ADHD, and uh, my parents would put me into martial arts, and uh, you know, I would train and study. But I think what gets me motivated, man, is I was driving. Uh, and, and we were planning this out and I was driving and I was up for about 30 hours. So talk to the promoter, Hey, we'll promote this, uh, 11 o'clock. And I was driving. That's the different day. I don't know. And then I was still driving. 
and my assistant Nicole said, "Hey, you need to post this." I said, "Post it now." It was just a long, long day, so I was just excited. I think when I see fans, or when I can, you know, I'm I'm the first one to sign up. I'm the first one to say, "Hey, I was the first one at Comic Cons." I'm I'm not the first or the last to embrace who who I came from and who I was because if it wasn't for this guy definitely changed my life with the accountability partners of fans. So that's why I reach out to a lot of fans, talk to them about, you know, anything dude from mental health to martial arts. And I think the, the, the proof is longevity is changing. You know what I mean? And people can change. They might not see it in the beginning, but after a while it's transformation. It's little by little, uh, you know, and, and I think doing these shows are actually, I, I shaved for y'all and cut my hair. I knew I was doing the show and uh You look great. Oh, thank you, man. I looked uh <laughs> looked uh <clears throat> rough coming up here and really quarantine look. So I love, you know, when I go to Comic Cons, I dress up for the fans, I wear a suit and tie. That was a whole Bruce Campbell story, but um <laughs> I just think it's cool, you know, to to meet people and actually have people come up and say, Man, I grew up watching you and I think uh they keep me accountable too, you know. It seems as though that instrument of change kind of defines you as a whole. And like your, I was doing a little bit of research when it comes to your breakthrough character, uh, Tommy Oliver, the green Ranger, it, it was, it was, uh, it was your second shot at being on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers because you were yeah. going on for the red Ranger, but that was taken, taken and given to someone else who rightfully yeah. got it. But yeah. you came in for a second time and auditioned for the green Ranger and the reaction from the fans as well as your own performance and your uh your your ability to create this character is almost changed the face of not only the fans the series itself but also your role in general because there was a point correct me if i'm wrong where the green ranger was going to get changed and you were going to be off doing cybertron yeah, that's true. Yeah. So listen, when I did my first audition, I know there's a lot of internet stuff out there, but the cast was already casted. So what okay. happened was the Yellow Ranger, who was the original Yellow Ranger, stepped off the show. Now the show was going, so I got the audition of other Rangers. Like I got the character of Zach to read. So when I went in there, I went in there and they were casting the, a lot of people, even Walter didn't even really know this, but when I went in there, I, I was cat. They were looking for a Green Ranger and a Yellow Ranger at the same time. So the show was already planned to go. The pilot was done. So I went in there, uh, and there was a lot of lot of guys that you know had karate belts tied wrong, and you know whatever. And I, I chat with them a little bit and kind of briefly get to know their background, which was really not the background they were saying. And I used to compete, so I said, "Oh, this is perfect. I'm gonna go in there, uh, you know, do a little audition, and then just." you know do this this kata and afterwards mm -hmm. they were like cool can you help the girls <laughs> and so you know they i went out there and i i went to go help the girls and i picked out one specific girl which was twee and i said hey let me show you a routine so i showed her this i had her do more of like you know when you're teaching someone you can like teach them kind of slow and kung fu kung, make it look like kung fu so i taught i i uh picked twee and taught her a little routine and we both got cast at the same time so tommy uh didn't come in until episode 14 mm. and yeah he was i think my my role was about 10 to 14 episodes or 10 to 15 and i knew i was you know gonna be killed off the show uh and i went to cybertron i have the poster in my garage 
Hmm. They sold Cybertron based off the most popular Ranger, Green Ranger at that time. Uh, they pitched it. They sold it syndicated everywhere. And then uh, when kids and other people knew I was off the network, they you know were calling in and literally kids were saying they're not going to school, not eating. They did this petition. And I think legally Saban said, uh, yeah, we're going to have to kind of bring this guy back because it uh, could be a liability thing. And then they said, hey, do you want to come back as the White Ranger or do you want to move on to Cybertron? And the reason why I picked Cybertron is there was a lot of drama going on on set. You know, people were leaving and, and going. And I was just happy with this guy, this Green Ranger. I was happy to go into my own studio. It was, a, it was kind of a one-man show at that time. Mm-hmm. And I was the guy that showed up at 4 a.m. and leave until they're like, okay, Jason, you got to go. <laughs> um, you know, and um, that's what I do at Comic Cons, man. I, I do the last fan standing, and I will until the last fan gets there. Make sure I take care of everyone, and then you know, repeat the day. So it just became popular. I went back as the White Ranger, and there was a TV show uh, called Dallas at the time. Mm. And they, who who shot Jr. was the biggest ratings at that time, and my ratings beat you know the who shot Jr. ratings for kids. Are you and, kidding uh, me? Yeah, it was a huge moment in Power Ranger history, huge rating. And then, of course, the toys, any Ranger I was, the toys were just selling like crazy. And they still producing Green Ranger, White Ranger toys, even though the new series is going on. The Green Ranger, White Ranger toys will still outsell everything, which is uh, pretty cool. And um, that's, you know, so we're kind of been waiting. And that's why we're kind of moving forward on The Legend of the White Dragon is because you know, Hasbro and other people are just, they're not pumping new content out for the audience that we're reaching at Comic-Cons. I mean, we have kids, but the, the audience, the 20, 20 year olds, the 35 or 20 to 40 year olds is the content that we're trying to create now with the legend of the white dragon. Actually, that's a great segue. It's, I have an entire list in front of me and I was looking at the teaser trailer for the legend of the white dragon. This is a Kickstarter project. That's kind of on a second life here. Uh, last I checked earlier today, you are $229,000 raised. Yeah. What is, what is the legend of the white dragon and what are your goals for this project? Okay. Well, we're filming at 100%. The, uh, 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 10 years ago, I came up with an idea called Aftermath. You know, when Tommy left, I wanted to create this. It was kind of a Power Ranger world. It was, it, I didn't know anything about fan films. And this was before the movie came out. I wanted to create something called Aftermath, which, you know, I had the blood of a, of a superhero, the DNA of a superhero, and I had to activate this new suit. They were looking for someone. You know, a lot of the X-Men were gone. We, uh, a lot of DC characters. So they wanted to, to basically get me and create this new suit because I have the blood of the super of the superpowers uh, for this new suit. Well, right. that went on, and I hooked up with Aaron with Bat in the Sun. He does the superpower beatdowns, super cool. Did mm. my Morph of Life, my reality show. Did the Street Fighter, uh, Street Fighter merge with Ryu as a Ranger and Power Rangers. So anyway, the list goes on and on. So I talked to him about it, and this helmet that he created was the bat in the sun it, it's never it never had the gold it has a whole completely different look this is the bat in the sun suit and so when he upgraded the bat in the sun suit which we had approval from saban they just basically said yes do it and it became a really uh, big thing in the cosplay industry so everybody's been cosplaying the superpower beatdown green ranger right. and some original but uh when i talked to aaron and he showed me this new i, I had it wish i could show you the new uh Legend of the White Dragon, um, the Legend of the White Dragon suit, 
it was just amazing. So eight months ago, we kickstarted it. But I'm glad that, that everything has changed. The script has changed. The people have changed because eight months ago, it was it was kind of uh, an aftermath of Power Ranger characters. So we're kind of tying it in, which tied it into more of like a fan film-ish. So we uh, redid the script, rewrote it, a brand new uh, property, a new IP, new characters. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't obviously play Tommy in it. I have a new, a, a new role, but mm. it's an amazing story. And we don't have to be, you know, bothered by Hasbro, Savon, no uh, trademark infringements. And so we, Aaron developed this suit that was amazing. So the first Kickstarter, it, it didn't make it. Uh, I was doing it for free. Just want everyone to understand. I didn't understand what a Kickstarter was. To me, the word donation, like we're doing here, is, you know, it's help. That's what we're asking for people here, is for yeah. donation, is we're asking for help. See, Kickstarter, for me, I didn't want to ask people for help because I'm doing it for free. So there's a difference from a donation to rewards. Well, once I understood what rewards were, like toys, merchandise, shirts, posters, it's almost what they get at a Comic-Con, and the movie is a perk. So we already blew. We, we were opposed, we were going to uh, launch this during this time, March 20th. Then this whole virus happened. happened. So we pushed it back. And then I started thinking, you know, right now we need to kind of feel like we're part of something. So we launched it and we're already past our first goal, which means that we're doing a mini series. Now we're on to our stretch goals, which is a 250 stretch goal. Now, considering everyone's almost donating their time. And if you saw what Bat and Sun made, Ninjak versus the Valley Universe, I played Bloodshot, you will see the quality of, you know, if you look at Ninjak versus the Valley Universe, we had like 1%, maybe 1% of what Van Diesel had. Mm. And hands down, it is amazing. So when people see The Legend of the White Dragon, it's going to look huge. And then we're talking to some networks like Hulu, Netflix, we're talking to launch the series. Um you know, and, and or film. So we're already past our first goals. The reason why I think it keeps getting higher and higher is because of the rewards on it. Like we have toys, pops, figures. We have a villain called a uh, uh, dragon prime, which is amazing. So it's really not people say, uh, let's compare to power Rangers or we're not trying to compare it or replace it. They just have one thing that power Rangers had, which was me. And I'm mm -hmm. moving forward to this legend of white dragon. So it's going to be really amazing. Now, what is the ultimate uh, stretch goal that you're looking for for Legend of White well, Dragon? I think the, I think we'll end up at our second stretch goal, 250. I really do. Uh, we have a lot of people that want to put more into it, that want to invest, and we just kind of want to do it at a Kickstarter. Honestly, I was just happy to get it started. Um, and like I said, I'm doing it for free. So when you look at a budget of, say, like Bloodshot, and you look at $100 million, Ben Diesel probably made millions and millions of dollars, so that money goes to the actors. Right. So I figure if we just waive all of our fees, that's already a multi-million dollar project as it is because I'm just donating my time. And then from there, once the property picks it up, which it will, I guarantee it, you know, Hulu, Netflix, someone, is because the fan base is so connected to to me, you know, Tommy Power Rangers, but still Jason, Jason David Frank, who, you know, who I like helping people. So mm. I think depositing... Um, like I told you guys, there's nothing I expect from you guys ever, but that emotional bank account deposit will never be forgotten when, when big things happen. And I don't yeah. do it for a payback. I just do it as living life. And I tell you, when people say, hey, you did this for me and I'm so-and-so, I, what, when? Oh, really? Wow, cool. So people get a lot of, you get back. When you give to people, you get back. And that's all I've been doing. And I've been getting back and getting blessed. So 
I'm sure we'll pass our second ultimate goal. It is is a good 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 point you made right there, and it's just a reminder that. And thank you so much for actually taking the time to be a part of this. I know that we live in a weird weird world right now with COVID nineteen and self quarantine and self isolation, all that stuff. And yeah, we we are doing this to help out other people. For more information about that, for anyone watching, just go to fancon.ca, and you can see how you can be a part of this and how you can help out. With you, you are. Uh, you are so much about a teaching aspect and also challenging yourself and moving forward. I hinted at the uh, at the intro there. You own a Guinness World Record for yep. skydiving and breaking boards at the same time. Who yep. came up with this idea? Well, it's funny because Sha- uh, big fans, Sean and Chris, who played Goku and Vegeta, they're, they're huge fans of this. That's all they talk about when they meet people. This guy holds a world guinness record so there was a couple of record attempts you know with one or two boards and i'm a skydiver and i figured well we'll go out there and we'll do like an eight board break but it really depends on the people holding the boards because it's not easy to skydive number one and you know when you put your hand out the window of a car any little Mm. thing like this you you know it it goes crazy so you really got to hold those boards one of the guys flipped and failed and we couldn't get that board so we did seven it was the first attempt I practiced it a little bit before, but nothing like that. And Guinness World Record flew out. Uh, and, you know, breaking boards, you know, we couldn't score the boards. Some people will score it, like with a little razor blade in the back, and that will give an easier break. So our boards were inspected. So And, and scoring is is uh, pretty typical in karate. You know, mm. you can get a junior kid, you can score it with the razor blade, and it'll break. You can't see it, but my boards were inspected, so we couldn't – of course, didn't do that. But it, it would have been nice just to know – that we had this extra cushion, but we didn't. So we got the boards inspected and went to Spaceland and uh, did it. Did the Guinness World Record and that hit and that became, I think, my first episode of My Morphin Life. Uh, you know, at that time, we had a six to eight minute reality show. But I think reality shows now are stories on your Instagram. You know, mm-hmm. you go through your stories and people are hooked on that. So, yeah, that was fun. It's good to have that. I, I hang it in my office and I just found some broken boards. And, uh, yeah, it was good. It was crazy. Uh, but you know, that's kind of my life. I think I like to live fearlessly, not foolishly, but I think overcome your fears is the important thing. If you're scared to jump out of an airplane, get with an instructor, jump out of the airplane. If you're scared to, you know, uh, reach your, your passion or, or sing or whatever your passion is, if you're scared to do it and people tell you not to do it and you're going to fail, most likely you're going to succeed because Power Rangers at one point was the biggest joke in Hollywood. Anyone who took the job was like, ah, that show's so dumb. In fact, I was telling you when I got audition, the girl who bought the show is called Mark. Her name's Margaret Loesch. She she worked for Fox Entertainment. So this show has been pitched for eight years. Mark Dacascos, who was in John Wick, he was the lead bad guy in John Wick Three. Uh, he's been out there in several movies, Woo Assassins. I mean, this, he was Iron Chef. Um, this guy Mark, he was the original. 1986 uh, Red Ranger pilot. So they tried selling it. They didn't sell it. They remade the pilot in 93, showed it, and Margaret bought it. Well, once Margaret brought, bought it and brought it back to the network, the network said, you know, we bought, we paid for 40 episodes. We're canceling it. So we're canceling it right now. It's the stupidest thing you ever brought us. Your job's on the line. She said, please give us a chance. They said, we'll give you three chances, and we're canceling the whole show. I didn't know the show was canceled when I was working on it. 
but we had three time slots right before X-Men early in the morning on Saturday. And I love X-Men. Was a, I was a huge fan of X-Men. And then boom, it just uh, blew ratings out of the water. And we were, it's, been, it's never been off the air for 27 years. Never been off the air. So it's been for 27 years straight, and I'm sure it's got many years to go. So uh, it's pretty, pretty amazing. So you got to take your chance. It's, they shop for eight years. So when someone has a dream or a passion, you got to keep shopping it. You know, you got to keep doing it. When this whole COVID thing came out, I was like, ah, you know what I need to do to be safe is I'm going to go ahead and get a bunch of Power Ranger, you know, masks with the dragon coin and the Billy one and the pink Ranger one. I said, I'm just going to buy a whole bunch and just give them out to fans to be safe. And then that time when I was going to do it, it was delayed and this whole thing happened. Now we're short of masks. So I wish I, I bought the 10,000 masks like I was going to mm. just just because I thought it was a cool idea. I love coming up with different ideas and I didn't know we we're going to need it that bad. But um, but yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. I'm uh, always uh, always thinking ahead for my fans and and trying to protect them. But there's only so much we can do as a human. I wish uh, the Power Rangers can stop this thing. But uh, yeah, it's just um, making the best of it. And I think that's kind of what we need to do is just make the best of it and I think entertain our brain. You know, there's there's stuff that we can learn and we can entertain our brain, train our brain or drain your brain by watching all the bad stuff, all, you know, the, the what if could happen. There's a lot of what ifs, man. We, we can't live in the what ifs. We have to live in today. Mm, very much so. I mean, you have already defined or redefined so many different things when it comes to uh, actors and even superheroes and stuntmen, as well as martial arts. You uh, stepped, not only stepped your toe, but you went full head first into the MMA world. Yeah. And you probably silenced a lot of doubters and a lot of naysayers when you walked into that octagon for the first time. What was it like for you, and what what piqued your interest to go into mixed martial arts fighting? You always have haters out there. You know, you you got those haters out there. We were doing at Red Dragon Karate, man. We were doing mixed martial arts before that was around. I mean, we trained Japanese jiu-jitsu. We did everything. We would fight hard. I mean, even before Power Rangers, I was a national rated competitor. I was more considered a fighter at one point in the tournament scene, not in the MMA scene. So once I turned to the Power Rangers, I had to learn the Hollywood punch. It wasn't straight punches. It was these punches that look good and sell. And in real life, you got these punches straight down the pipe. So mm -hmm. uh, we always trained, uh, always, always fought. So after this, I said, ah, we'll, we'll do some MMA stuff. Uh, and then, you know, of course, some of my knockouts were like that. I have surveillance videos on my uh, – surveillance camera at my karate school because I, I just take all my surveillance cameras out and we spar or whatever. And I got so many knockouts that look instantly fake. So you, you look and you're like, Oh, that that's set up. It's like none of my fights were staged. It was a, it was a, it was one of those things where I had to come up with a win-win. I had to say, okay, if you beat up the green Ranger, shame on you. A lot of people are not going to like you. If you got beat up by the green Ranger, haha, you got beat up by the green Ranger. So, for me, I, I had a win-win, but also I own schools. So I just found my first uh, match that I have to uh, put out there. It was uh, called Ruffman in, uh, in uh, Indiana. And it was, went about four rounds. Uh, the guy ended up quitting on the fourth round. But, uh, you know, I trained my whole life. I think it's fun. It's a lot different being in there. Mm. Um, and, yeah, a lot of doubters. And at that point, I was training for a film. So I stayed at 207 to 220. I mean, I just was a heavy I just stayed in the heavyweight division because I didn't feel like losing weight. I was filming uh, one warrior at the time. 
And uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of haters, but that's what you want is you want people to go in there to drop their guard. I think this is going to be an easy fight. Like my first fight, I'll show you one four rounds. I think he didn't know what he signed up for. He was just like, oh, my God. So I have a lot of friends now that are like Max Holloway, who's a big Power Ranger fan. Uh, you know, I, I uh, the Shorty, Jose uh, Shorty on there, I interviewed him. Derek the Black Beast was my main sparring partner. He's he's the he's I mean uh, almost got the heavyweight champion. He's my main sparring partner. Dave Armas, all these guys that I know that are in the UFC were my were my training partners. So it was just something I tried to have fun in, and then the industry just became like really blah, became too uh, too politics, too macho macho type of thing. And uh, I just like doing things for fun. I don't do things for money. I would have. Fought punk for a dollar just to make the contract legal. That would have been fun. I wasn't uh, mad at the guy. It just would have. It just makes sense to have. It was the. I did MMA interviews on that, and it was the biggest rating MMA interviews that they've ever had. It was almost like when you when you take a, a fight and you think, oh, Connor's not fighting, uh, you know, uh, um, Mayweather. Mayweather fighting Connor McGregor, and people can yeah. sit there and go, what? You guys are. Nothing of those kind of fighters. Nope, not saying we are, but you don't know the industry that we have. The wrestling fans and the comic book fans would have been merged to MMA. A lot of fans don't watch it. So it would have been a good opportunity to watch it. And, and it, so it really made sense. So I tried just to do what I have fun with and, uh, you know, just been going through a, a few injuries that I've overcome. And now I get to kick butt again in the Legend of White Dragon. We're filming probably in July right out of quarantine. Okay, so there's, there's, there's. I, I can guarantee you, there's a lot of crossover when it comes to comic book fans and wrestling fans because yeah. I'm on both sides there. Yeah. Uh, I have a massive comic comic book collection. I know who CM Punk is, and I've been watching wrestling for decades. Yeah. Um, but I, I have to say, if if I stepped into the octagon with the Green Ranger and I got my ass handed to me, I could walk out of that octagon going, I just got my butt kicked by the Green Ranger. Yeah. How many people can say that? Yeah. Well, see, <laughs> I'd be that's proud. Why, yeah, it makes sense with Punk because Punk fought Eric Jackson, and Eric is a he's you don't understand. He went to my camp. He was with Derek the Black Beast. I mean, this is a small world. I knew Mike Jackson forever. So for Mike to fight Mickey Gall and Mike to fight, you know, uh, CM Punk. Okay, cool. Uh, but it just made sense that you know to fight someone that had somewhat I would say of a, of a name of uh, entity property. WWE Power Rangers property instead of WWE and Mike Jackson, who people don't know. I love Mike, but nobody knows Mike Jackson. So why not put two big universes together? And the frustrating part is Punk had no fights. Now I wouldn't fight him because he's been exposed as he's not a good martial artist. So I don't want to go in there and take advantage of it. I just want to go in there and like expose that his yeah. martial arts skills weren't what it is. You can't train for 18 months and go into the octagon and make a million dollars. He made more money than a lot of fighters. Mike Jackson, who fought him, made $10,000, and Punk made a million. So it's based off the name, but it wasn't based off skill. You see mm -hmm. Brock Lesnar, skill, all these guys that crossed over skill. So they really tried taking care of him. And I was told by tons of people, I know them all in there, Mick Maynard, the, the matchmaker. He, I, I fought for him on my first fight. He was out here in, in, uh, in uh, Legacy. I hooked him up with HDNet. Uh, you know, so I know a lot of guys, including Derek, and I think they just said it wasn't a safe fight for him because there was no chance for him winning, and they really wanted a chance for him to win. So they fought Mike. Mike uh, handed him for 15 minutes and worked him, and guess what? 
Dana White never wants to work with Mike Jackson again because he said uh, he fought Punk too hard and he took advantage of him and he should have finished him off right away. Instead, he picked him apart. But that's the game. If you, if I decide that I want to play with you for 15 minutes, entertain the world. If I decide that I want to end it in a minute because fighting is too exhausting, I end it in a minute. Mm-hmm. So it's it's up to the fighter. You know what I mean? You can't take chances in uh, in in the in the uh, UFC or with those gloves. But Mike said he took plenty of chances because he know for sure he wasn't going to get knocked out by Funk, which, <laughs> I, which I understand. That's what yeah. Mike said. I totally understand it. You know, um, so that would have that would have been a fun thing. It was nothing. None of this stuff is money. Someone came to me and said, "Oh my God, JDF, if you need money, don't jump out of an airplane to break boards." I don't think people understand that cost me money to do. You know, right. uh, my poems that I produce cost me money. It's one of those things because I want to help out. This thing, I'm not getting money from this. All I'm doing this for is because I miss my fans, and there's a chance where the fans can donate to help out a good cause. And mm. if they can't donate, we appreciate their mental deposits in our mental bank account because when we come back strong to your convention, when we have it, people are going to remember that you guys did whatever you could to make the fans happy. And that's what it's all about right now. Your poetry is actually interesting because it's not just a uh, written script and you're sitting there in front of a camera. There's an entire produced video that goes with the poetry and it's very cinematic, visual, as well as uh, emotional and audio. And you post it on your YouTube page. I have it right in front of me. It's JDFFFN. And you have over uh, 141 subscribe, 141,000 subscribers. What, 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 where'd this poetry come from? Is this uh, an innate talent and just emotion that you just developed over time? Or is this something natural to you? It's, um, it's interesting because, um, you know, I I write a lot. I tell people to write a lot of stuff that they, they do. Um, You know, I have like a bunch of, a bunch of poems that I've, that I've written over the years and oh, wow. I'm just put it together as like a little book. But usually I've been writing for a very long time. The poems are, it goes, I did a film called in my head and I won like best actor on it and it was going to festivals and it's a nine minute and I'm going to send it to you. Um, I, I think I sent it to y'all, but anyway, it's, it's a private link. I'm going to send it to you. Uh, and it's kind of a nine minute poetry play out. I play eight different characters. Uh, I play every mental health different character and they all take place in my head. So I'm calling every one of those characters out and I play every different one with a different feel to it. Um, so I started writing for a long time and then, then, then I wrote, then this mask was the one that I wrote. Uh, and then I decided, okay, well, I'm just gonna let people know that I struggle with a lot of things, um, like everyone else. And I have good poems from, man, I'm, putting this book out there's one called shoes there's one called last hour the mental prison one uh i I wrote another one in december is kind of struggling called lost and found i was kind of struggling a little bit there and um there's some good ones too uh there's one called uh sunshine that uh talks about you know just just trying to stay in the positive light so i decided that's what i was telling everyone with passions that i decided that i've been writing for a lot of years i'm just gonna put it out just going to put it out. The mask is about, uh, and the JDF FFN stands for Jason David Frank. And then my fight name is fearless Frank. And it was a nation. So it stood for Jason David Frank, fearless Frank nation. At one point we were uh, building a nation of fans. Uh, but, um, but yeah, mask talks about, this has nothing to do with the helmet. Mask talks about taking off 
what we wear in life. We have a mask. If we have a mask of insecurities, a mask in a relationship, a mask in a job, uh, a mask in addictions, whatever it is, let's, you know, on the end of the day, take the mask off. And I also have one called Mirror. This is um, dealing with ourselves, and especially right now in quarantine, I think people that party and drink think, you know what, let's just party and drink the whole time because it makes it easier, it makes it more fun, we can get out of it, but that takes, we're in quarantine for two months, you can actually be working on yourself and working through your addictions, working through whatever you want, but it takes work and discipline and people don't wanna do it. So, you know, I, I wrote one also, Mental Prison. So Mass talks about taking off your mask and being you, and Mental Prison talks about being stuck in mental prison, stuck in your head, stuck again in relationships, uh, with your issues that you've had as a child, not, not, you know, talking about a lot of, a lot of issues can put you in a mental prison, which is a numb place to be. Mm. Uh, and wearing your mask is, you know, is a fake thing. So on my Instagram, I didn't want to just post and look at this car, look at the house. I, I really wanted to post and say, Hey, look at me, look at my struggles. And this is something that I can overcome. You can overcome so people can relate. Uh, and they and they like and then they appreciate it. And if they see you struggle and go, oh, Jason's more than just a suit and tie. Jason is, you know, a, a guy who goes through normal stuff. I'm, I'm an actor, but I refuse to say I'm a celebrity because celebrities have one step higher than everyone. And I always say when I morph, I put my suit on one leg at a time. Although you kids thought I morphed right away, I, I wore the suit just the same as you guys. So it's uh, just a poetry. It's very vulnerable thing to do and when people think poetry you're a fighter but i'll tell you what this this that i hold in my hand is tougher than anything because it's tough to say your feelings it's tough for you to say this is how i feel it takes a tough person to do that it takes a tough person to look in the mirror and say this whole this who i'm looking at is the one i need to to, to, to you know to fix not looking over my shoulder and looking at him and saying you did wrong that's why with religion too it, it gets on my nerves when everyone you know i'm i'm a i'm a, a man of, of god yes but when people tell you how to live or you're sinning and doing this and that it, it's just it's you it's a personal relationship i feel blessed i feel like you know god's put put me in this position to fix fans and to help other people including myself that's just what i feel but anything you're doing out there is you have to learn you can't be told this is wrong and this is this is you. So now during quarantine, maybe it's a good time to take a look at a few issues and realize, you know, we take things for granted, you know? Yeah. Um, and Comic-Cons, I'm really missing, I'm missing more of the handshakes and the hugs versus, you know, and this is okay, it's satisfying, but it's not the same. And when we're able to produce the show, when you guys, you know, finally get that date and do it, then everyone's gonna appreciate it 10 times more, but they're also gonna remember during this quarantine time, who was the people that were really there for them? Not for any other reason, but there for them because we want to be. This Instagram I've been doing for eight years. Uh, cons, I was the first ranger to do Comic-Cons ever. And I paid my own way to go to these Comic-Cons. And to this day, I still enjoy them and it's like a hobby. So, you know, stay true to yourself. And that's kind of where poetry came is just, okay, uh, I'm going to release this and let's see what people say. And they've actually embraced it more. Can you briefly tell me about Jesus didn't tap? Yeah, that was uh that was just a, a saying we used a long time ago. Uh, you know, just, he never, he never tapped. He never gave up. He was the toughest fighter. Uh, and again, that was just a hobby. We put uh, 
few t-shirts out. I had a company called nosubmit.com that was uh, a lot of different MMA companies. If we did a couple shirts for Jesus and Tap, we put that out there just as a hobby. It's not open anymore just because it costs too much to, to keep things going. But I have it on my arm and I always let people know that, you know, Jesus didn't tap. Tapping means to give up. Mm -hmm. And uh, he didn't give up, you know, at all. People say, well, he couldn't tap because he was nailed on a cross. Look, verbally, you can tap. Verbally, yes. you can tap. Verbally, you can say, I quit. Yeah, and mentally, you can do it do. too. Yes, mentally. Yeah. It's one thing he didn't do. So that's all. It was just something I had for fun. We've been, you know, the company's been closed for five years because, you know, hobby things are very hard to keep going, as you know. It takes a lot of, uh, it takes a lot of building and it takes a lot of branding. And again, the poetry book that I put out, it doesn't matter if people buy a book. It matters that I did it, that I put the book out of, of Mask, of poems by JDF. I mean, there's a lot of good people that I didn't know were poets, like Michael Matson, all these other people that did poetry. Dante Vasco, uh, Bosco, he, he did, uh, you know, he played um, Rufy and he did a poem on my, on my channel. He was a professional poet. So, uh, you know, you're dealing with these guys and you look at them and you say they can really wear their feelings on the sleeve. But uh, instead of wearing them on your sleeve, you're just putting your feelings through the pen. And mm -hmm. um, that's where I think the feelings begin is on paper, not just your sleeve. Yeah. We're starting to get a collection of questions and comments Perfect. that I, I want to get to. Um, <clears throat> I just want to go over one more thing. Uh, what is, and, and forgive me if I pronounce this wrong, Toso Kundo. Yep. What Tosa is Toso Kundo? Kundo? Um, Toso Kundo was my, my uh, I put together my own system because I wanted to, uh, I really wanted to avoid the, the ranking testing fee circuit. Every school charges testing fees. And I wanted to avoid that. I didn't want to have any masters over me. So I created Toso Kundo as a way of the fighting fist, my own organization, my own style. It was a mixed style. Everything was uh, essential. Seven, eight different styles mixed together as one. And uh, I wanted to get away from testing fees. That was the biggest thing. At my school, uh, you know, it takes six years to reach black belt. It's a 12-hour test for black belt. We charge not one dime. I go there. I sit on the board. I feel when you earn a belt, you earn a belt. Now, 99.9% .9 of the schools do testing fees, so don't hate me. I just don't want to feel like when I, you know, uh, someone pays for something they're going to get it regardless also at comic cons i'm knowing to give a lot of free stuff out i'm doing instagram i'm doing a lot of free stuff that's just on me it's what i want to do and someone comes up and says hey can i take a selfie i'm like no no it's x amount of dollars it just makes me feel dirty about it i take it no problem same thing with my belts and the system is a is a really good system uh i have a i put together a train me jdf uh train training site and in a nutshell, the reason why I put that training site is people want to train with me around the world. There was one kid I taught, one kid for four lessons. He didn't look like he loved the training class, but he ended up taking his life. And his mom called me and said that this class was the best thing that he's ever done. And I said, yeah, he didn't look like he was uh, into it. She said he ran to the garage one hour before, waited for that class. I did privates on Skype to see if I could teach through on Skype before any other stuff to see if I could teach through online. He did great. And when he ended up taking his life, I realized that it wasn't the four classes that he was learning. He was trying to reach out to someone. And that. And, and so my classes are, hey, I'm there, even though I'm not there. And it's a more of a mental drive. So, you know, you can't get Black Belt online, 
but you can learn the first basic moves. And I got a lot of good people on there that are really doing good. Um, so I put together the train me class and so people can train online. That's been five years. So when this virus hit, everyone's like, Oh, we got, everyone's got this. Yeah, everyone does. But I've been doing it for five years because I think it's important to, to treat your life discipline. Like you are in quarantine to work out in your house. If you have to work out, if you want to train or, or watch a, a video on master's class, I had Chris Voss who was an FBI uh, hostage negotiator on my, on my, uh, my channel, my live IG show. It's just train your brain. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that all this stuff <clears throat> was planned before. So it didn't feel like I was taking advantage of the Kickstarter, taking advantage of my train me classes, taking advantage of my online store, comic cons, the guys that's been for years. I've been, I've been offering that so people can be disciplined and um, I even get free month. They can go train if they want to sign up. This is, you guys, I think people understand this is not my job. That's why I can give out, I can do whatever I want because I'm really passionate about it. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I look at it as if I have an opportunity, like someone like yourself that can go out there and even for you, even if it's just me and you on here, I made your day, you made my day. Now we got people that are watching and people are going to ask questions, which I'm happy to answer them. But um, I guess that's where Tosa Gundo was created in 94, just so I can do what I want. I can uh, kind of break traditions of martial arts and not have to do these testing fees all the time. <laughs> I, I appreciate I appreciate what you do, honestly. I mean, yeah, it's it's you. it's it takes a lot to go the distance that you do. Okay, yeah, you. we got we got some quick questions here. Right. Um, a lot of them we're gonna get through uh, a lot of Mighty Morphin Power Ranger questions. So, yeah. first one uh, from Josh: Which is your favorite Zord? Probably the Dragon Zord. Uh, just because it was my first and uh, it was super cool. It came out of water. Cool. Johnny says, hey, Jason, you did a great job playing Tommy, the green and white ranger, and the red Zeo ranger, and the red turbo ranger, and the black dino ranger. Thank you so much for doing what you do. Yeah, thank uh, you, man. I showed, I, I don't know if he was on, but this is my Dino Thunder helmet from uh, Ninja Steel. This was the one that they used. They asked me if I had a helmet. I said, yes. Can they said, can we buy it? And I told you I'm not for sale. I said, no. They said, can I use it? I said, sure. As long as I get it back. So they, they, uh, this was in the episode wow. where I broke the helmet. So there, they gave me the helmet back and said, thank you for allowing me to use your helmet. I said, thank you for a piece of history. Cause this thing's a piece of history, man. That it is. That it is. Yep. Sure. Um, Joan asks, how was morphing done? Uh, well, <laughs> on the TV show, the morphing happened pretty quick. But uh, right. the way that we would do it is we would we would say like something like this. We would go, you know, it's morphing time. And we would freeze and then we would step out and then they would roll the camera and then we would step back and put the helmet. <laughs> yeah. And then it was then it was all edited and the morphing just became quick. Now, don't want to hurt no one's feelings. So the morphing on the TV show was done with a morpher, a very special morpher. <laughs> Yeah. Perfect. Perfect answer. Perfect answer. Uh, Alicia has two questions. Uh, one, uh, what was it like accepting the award during the Arnold Classic? And two, what is your most sentimental tattoo? Sentimental tattoo. Uh, um, accepting the award, I think for the uh, for the Master Hall of Fame, I, I would I would think the award that that's what it was. Uh, Master it was two thousand and eight, was it not? Yeah, it yes. was. It might have been the Masters, uh, the award or best march or best school, but 
uh, it always feels good to receive an award. And I, I tell you, every time I receive an award, I, I couldn't do it without you guys. This tattoo, good thing I shaved. It's Jenna. Oh, that's adorable. Uh, my chest looks just like her when she was a little baby. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's my most sentimental. And I only have one Power Ranger tattoo, which is under the communicator. Cool. It's the, uh, which now the communicator is the Rolex that I don't have on. But uh, anyway, <laughs> that's what it is. Um, do, 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 do. Jason, do you have any tips for dealing with injuries from martial arts? That's from Atley. Atley, yes. I tell you, I had a complete hamstring pull a year and a half ago. I'm oh. still not able to do exactly what I can. But when I was talking to Mark Tacascos again, Mark played the bad guy on John Wick. He was a re he's a really good martial artist. People know him as the Iron Chef. Anyway, I look up to this guy, and I was talking to him about my injuries and frustrated. I saw no results. I, I Googled everything I tried. Now I'm pushing through my injury because it's not about flexibility. It's about stability. So when I was trying to stretch my muscle out, it was hurting. But if I build muscles around the injury, then it was I was able to do it. Now, even shoulders, I've had shoulder injuries before. The best thing you can do is train around your injuries and don't strain the injury. And then eventually that should come around. So don't push yourself. You know, injuries, look, I'm going to be 47. And uh, I've never had really that bad of an injury. I got good backs. I, I uh, did a hip, uh, hip MRI to check my hips because I was thinking, well, maybe – Chuck Norris has a hip replacement at 50. Maybe that's going to happen to me. I got great hips. I, I, I take a lot of vitamins um, and I continue training. So don't push it. But mentally, I got so depressed on my injury, man. I was down. I just was so depressed. You guys don't understand. That's why half those poetry things are oh, it was so frustrating. So once you see a little result, take advantage of it, but also be blessed and know that someone always has it worse than you. You know what I mean? Here, I'm trying to I'm complaining about my leg and then someone's in a wheelchair that can never walk. So sometimes we got to be blessed, but, but keep pushing through those injuries, but, but in a smart way, you know, follow doctor's orders and things, which I was a doctor in Dino Thunder. So I'm Dr. Oliver. So technically I'm a doctor. <laughs> hey, play a doctor on TV. Like yes, Doogie Howser. Yes. It uh, looks like uh, maybe two, maybe three more uh, comments here. Yeah. This is off of Twitch. Dark Avenger says, um, JDF is number one when it comes to caring for his fans and the fans caring about him. Do you read any of the Mighty Morphin Power Ranger comic books? Oh, yeah, man. I got a ton. I collect a lot. Um, it's funny because, again, the Lord Draken episode where Tommy dies in the comic book, killed by Lord Draken, which I'm Lord Draken, so it's fine. But that book, number 25, I decided that I wanted to do a digital piece for Lord Draken as a trailer. So I pretty much paid for that trailer. I mean, out of my own money to do this trailer and to promote Boom Comics. Then Hasbro came on board. We made Anarchy an official uh, licensed dealer for, for uh, Power Rangers. A lot of hoops to jump through. But uh, the trailer's on my channel. Uh, I'm supposed to own it exclusively, but it's everywhere, which I uh, anyone can put it anywhere. But, uh, but yes, I do read the comics. I think it's very cool. First thing I realized when I was in the comics is that how updated it was. We had cell phones. We had, you know things that we didn't have because right. the communicators back in the day, I don't think anyone would have thought that was going to be real. I mean, it's here. We have, you know, Apple watches that are way better. We have this kind of technology where I tell people I wouldn't have to go to the command center ever, ever. <laughs> I would just FaceTime them and say, what Zordon, like, what do you want? You know, I will never have to go to the command center. So technology yeah. is, is uh, cool, but yeah, I do. And I'm a big comic book collector too. I know you, you collect comics. I had a huge comic 
collection that I sold for my comic karate school. I sold my comic book collection when I was 18 for my first karate school. Uh, one more question and one more comment, and then I want to get to uh, how people can uh, contact you and follow okay. you. And a, a cameo apparently is a thing that you do as well. So yep. the uh, question is from Easy: uh, Any tips for the Green Ranger cosplay? Oh, um, well, it depends if you want to go to the uh, to the old school Green Ranger or the uh, Bat in the Sun Green Ranger. But this is a tip that I'm going to give everyone that that a lot of people would understand. If you're dressed as a ranger, you can't look like this in order when you put your helmet on right when you look straight it looks like this so when you look like this this is what you look like in the suit you gotta like keep your head lifted i'm telling you everyone out there if not you're you know when you look normal this is what it's going to look like if i'm looking straight but if i lift my head this is what my helmet would look like so every time in suit you almost have to look and peek through the eye line otherwise you're leering down at everyone the hero, yeah, the, the hero stance. So it's uh, everyone that cosplays in any suit. I think you're gonna realize that inside the suit, looking normal, is not gonna look right. You have to really exaggerate that in order to to make your helmet look straight. Which is an interesting question. I never said that question in my whole entire life. Nowhere. It's <laughs> no, that's the first time you've ever heard that question first ever. Time. Yeah. First okay. time. Final comment uh, from Casper Gaming off of Twitch. Uh, JDF is a great motivator and a genuine nice dude. Thank you for being fearless, Frank. Oh, thank you, man. And I tell everyone out there again, you know, uh, you know, live fearlessly, not foolishly, but fearlessly. Put all your energy into what we got today and hope and pray that we have faith. And, and I know we'll get through it. It sucks. I'm not going to be that guy to say, oh, well, tomorrow will be a different day. We don't know what tomorrow holds, but I do know that we can reach out and love and love people no matter what. We can reach out and love people through Instagram, even through social dis- distancing. So just continue loving people because when you love people and give back, I'm telling you, things will come back. And I already know everyone on here and for myself, I'm just going to continue to give and what I get back is what God's going to give us, and we'll just move forward from there. Awesome. How can people reach out and connect with the fearless Frank himself on social media and also information about Legend of the White Dragon? Yep. Well, um, first of all, everyone, thanks for watching. I always tell everyone that the relationship doesn't end here. When I would do a Comic-Con, and this is a Q&A, I would tell people the relationship doesn't end here. You can go on Instagram, which is JDFFFN, all across the board, YouTube, JDF, FFN. Remember, it stands for Jason David Frank. Fearless Frank was my fight name, Nation. So JDF, FFN, across the board. Uh, of course, Facebook is uh, official Jason David Frank. On my page, you can check out The Legend of the White Dragon. You can follow it on Instagram. It's Lot, L-O-T, White Dragon. So it stands for Legend of the White, just Lot, L-O-T, White Dragon. Check it out, go to Kickstarter. Um, I'm not here to, to, to sell anything. I'm not here to, to, to ask for anything. I'm here for you fans. And I think the most important thing for me beyond all this stuff and following the legend of the white dragon, just go check out the information that this, uh, this con is holding for donations because it's going to a good cause. That's like all I can tell you. If you want to follow me, cool, but I'm here to kind of let people know that I love you all. And if you can help out and click the donation link, if you can, That'd be great. It's 100% going to a good co- uh, a foundation. So we love them. We hope to see you in person soon. 
Thank you so much for spending some time with me. I really appreciate it. I've been holding back the fanboy energy the entire time. I don't know if it leaked through it all, but it is an absolute honor to speak with the legendary Green Ranger, Jason David Frank. Thank, Thank you so much you, for your time, man. I screenshot and I'm going to post it on my page too. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. All right, let's do one more smile just so I make a good one. All right, here we go. <laughs> one more, one more. Here we go. One more. All right, buddy. Got thank it. you so much. Have a great day. Thank Bye you so time. much. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you very much.